All right, welcome to the Horse Racing Happy Hour, sponsored by Single Barrel Cigars. And uh, Megan mm-hmm. Louie, Louie's out there with a Single Barrel Cigars sweatshirt on. And right now. Extra, and a Single Barrel Cigar, cigar correct. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. More importantly. Nice. What's the, which one have you got there, Louie? This is uh, another one that Nick threw me. It's the, um, the bourbon and coffee that nice. they'll be coming oh, okay. out with. I sure think they're not things. too far off from being able to release these, but you know, sometimes you just got to humble brag with the cigars. I'm doing the coffee bourbon, like you know, it is hashtag like, humble brag. A little yeah. humble brag there. Three, three, uh, three of my favorite things: cigars, bourbon, and, and, uh, and coffee. There you go. And coffee. If we, yeah, if, if we wrap that thing in bacon, I'd be ready to go. <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, you know, you. you know what? When Nick joins the show, we'll have to yell at Nick for not having bacon wrapped cigars. That's how that. Here goes. we go. Look at this. He, like, yeah, he's lighting it up right here. Yeah, he is. getting ready. <laughs> yeah, he's muted. But that's live look at Nick right there. <laughs> Nick, you're muted just FYI, so you got to unmute yourself so we can introduce you to our fans here. Um, <laughs> By the way, we are the worst happy hour. There it is. There it oh, is. Oh, we can hear that. All right. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing like getting a proper list of cigars. It's a perfect orange circle right there. It looks like Mars in the sky. So right. this, this, this is a perfect juxtaposition of the Eastern time zone. Nick is in Florida. It's pitch black. I'm in Kentucky, and I'm looking at yeah. a sunset that's got another half hour at least. <laughs> but Nick, you're in Tampa, right? You're in Tampa. I, I, well, I lived on that side of the bay, but um, this week's brought me to Cocoa Beach, so I'm sitting out here right now. Oh, all right. Patio at my hotel. We nice. got a launch tomorrow at the Space nice. Center. And, oh, yeah, that's sweet. So sitting out here enjoying one. Yeah, humble <laughs> we told you it was part of the show and you came here to play so all right <laughs> i love it so Nick, never... tell, us, tell us man at least a little bit we've, we've already gotten a bunch of dms and people uh, hitting us up about the product man where did this idea come from and how did you guys get started so matt uh schnell my business partner and i we've known each other for uh 10 plus years and uh both big big cigar and whiskey guys so kind of all started there with, with really finding a way to embrace our vices, really. Um, we, uh, I started smoking cigars uh, shortly after high school. I, I was, you know, I played on the golf team through high school and it was just one of those things where, you know, I'd kind of see the old timers out there doing it. And I thought, you know, I'm going to try one. And, and my very first one at the time was an Opus X. I remember they were Ooh. really exclusive and tough That's to get. And, yeah. So, yeah. I jumped right in and I fell in love and, and I've been kind of, I've been smoking them ever since. And, and so Matt and I were, we were thinking, you know, what could we do? Um, you know, we've had some flavored stuff and, and to be honest, I'm more of a purist. Um, but I didn't want anything too overpowering. And so we started playing around with some things and, and what we settled on was ours. And what we're doing is we're, we're getting hundred percent Nicaraguan tobacco, Louie. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> what did you say, Honduras? What did you I say said earlier? Honduras, you're right, yeah. No, you got to understand. <laughs> I got crushed last week. The Nicaraguan <laughs> tobacco tea, because there's a pepperiness right. to it that yeah. is so, like, if you're a medium to full body cigar smoker, Nicaraguan tobacco is like, it's where it's at. So, agreed. Yeah. Uh, agreed. And, and this is really what we've settled on. So, so yeah, we're importing the tobacco into, into Tampa, into the Tampa Bay area. Um, we're aging them in, in bourbon barrels, various ones. I've got, I think I've got four different barrels in my garage right now. 
um, from a lot of major unsaid uh, distilleries in the Kentucky area. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so we're aging the tobacco in there. And then when it's ready, we're providing it over to uh, to our hand rollers over in, in Ybor City. And we're getting stuff rolled over there and, and we're getting it out in the market. We launched last Friday. And man, what an undertaking. I, I've been in defense and aerospace sales for 20 years and, and that make this defense and aerospace sales makes this look like a walk in the park trying to start your own business and <laughs> wow and roll stuff out. Yeah, it's been it's been something. And this past week, the support and everything that we've gotten from everybody has just been way too cool. Um, we were flooded on Instagram, single barrel cigar co at Instagram. Um, for orders yeah. or you, you name it. I mean, people just, it, it was flooding in, in part to, you know, your guys' support last Thursday. Um, we did a soft launch, uh, Friday, we did a launch party sat or no, I'm sorry, Monday. I think days are starting to run together, <clears throat> but everything's been great. Everybody's really loving what we're putting in their hands. The packaging's beautiful. Uh, Louie, I got to get you some more in the final packaging for That's sure. That's true. So share with the team. <laughs> <laughs> No problems doing that. Yeah. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the story. I love the idea. And uh, these are, these have become sort of regular smokes for me, which is great. It allows me, because Nick sends them to my house, for me to have like <laughs> nice cigars in my house. And, you know, Nick, I smoked one last week. I don't know if you got all the way through the episode, but I got a solid 55 minutes out of the cigar. So there you yeah, go. Yeah. It was a while. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of what we, we wanted to do when we did this. We, we, we're launching with a Robusto. It's a Connecticut. We didn't want to go too aggressive because we really wanted this to appeal to all the bourbon drinkers out there. Um, the packaging's elegant. So when you're walking through a liquor store or cigar store and you see it, it really does stand out. But we, we didn't want something too intimidating. We wanted something that was kind of, you know, maybe if you're our bourbon drinker and you don't really smoke cigars, but you saw it, the, the size isn't intimidating. It's just a Robusto. It's a Connecticut, like I said, but it burns good. I mean, we're getting yeah. 45 minutes to an hour on these and they're killer. So yeah, the, the feedback's good. You definitely get the, the notes of the whiskey. Just it, it hits the back of your throat a little bit and it's, man, is it good? I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm a purist and I, and I love what we've done. So I think there's something to be said about that. Well, Louie knows I'm a purist as well. And just, and just so you people understand like what Nick is saying and where, where this is important. People who have tried this kind of stuff in the past have taken what they call seconds cigars that are basically, cigars that are not rolled properly and then they've kind of like put them in a, in a thing where they can kind of absorb some of the of the whiskey you're taking the leaf right and aging the leaf in this in the bourbon barrel and then rolling the leaf i mean this is a full-on manufactured product from start to finish it's not you know him it's not nick and his business partner just getting a couple uh bundles as we call them in the in the cigar world and right just in in a in where they can get a little bourbon flavoring so it's really it's a yeah. it's a process and it's the right way to do it and I, nick like i said i am a purist as well so like I, I appreciate you know not coming over too strong with the with the artificial flavoring and it's not artificial mm -hmm. because bourbon's all natural yeah. too so and it's not yeah. artificial that and was so that coffee. was big for us yeah, yeah. we didn't want to we didn't want to do the artificial thing we didn't want to you know infuse it it wasn't something where we were pumping it full of fake flavoring it's just mm -hmm. it's oak and whiskey that sits in you know an empty barrel and 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 it does wonders but and it's not overpowering you're getting a little bit of it they are 100 percent long leaf uh nicaraguan tobacco inside so there's none of the trimmings and none of the leftover these aren't second cigars these are right real deals are, exactly yeah exactly 
Yeah, I have a feeling if it, they awesome. weren't, I would like them essentially however you sent them to me. If they were by themselves, obviously finished in the bourbon barrels are very good. How uh, how much are people going to be able to notice that you've gone from one bourbon barrel to another, do you think? Different batches, if you will. Yeah, and that that's kind of how we're marketing it. Um, I think I've killed my palate through the years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I drink my coffee black. I drink my whiskey neat. And, 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 you know, that's I have to say, I did we need to hang out. Like, hey, do I need to do yeah. anything before the show? And I said, no, no, just, you know, eight o'clock, you know, eight Oh five. We'll see you then. And he goes, Oh, okay. I just wanted to know when I should start my own personal happy hour. And I was like, all right, he, he's good. Bring him on yeah, the show. Let's he go. Gets it. He gets Absolutely. It. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. All right, Nick, yeah. How can people find you, Nick? Um, right now we are, we are pretty much, uh, Instagram. So single barrel cigar company, Instagram, I'm replying, uh, at a pace that I did not expect to be able to be able to do. Um, we're getting hammered. They're really good, but, um, I'm replying immediately as quick as I can. Um, Matt and I are both, uh, still in, still finalizing our website. We hope to have that done in the next week. Um, uh, that's been an undertaking as well. Uh, we will be in the Tampa market. Uh, about 30, 35 liquor stores. Hopefully by early to mid next week, we'll have all supplies delivered and everything will be there. Um, so yeah, yeah, we're getting close. It's, uh, I mean, it's there, but it's just a matter of just kind of dotting the I's and crossing the T's at this point. For sure. Yeah. Instagram single barrel cigar co go yep. find them That's there. Us. Their logos right on there. Nice and easy to find remind them that you heard about them here from the horse racing happy hour. Yep. Uh, Nick, I, I, you know, it's, it's cool to have partners, but it's even, I think a touch cooler that we got to be part of your launch. Uh, and yeah. we're, we're honored to be guys. part of yeah. that for sure. We're so, excited to see you grow. It's going to be yeah, awesome. Keep up the good work. No, man. Sure. Really appreciate it guys. Thank you for everything. It's uh, it's going to be fun. We got some, yeah, the sticks are, these are great cigars. So, um, and, and it's 47 anybody... degrees. It's 47 degrees here. So just enjoy the beach. All right. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> and listen, it's the greatest weekend of all time because Amen. like, I mean, baseball starting what there's nothing better than sitting in the backyard, listening to baseball on the radio and smoking a cigar and drinking bourbon, watching the masters, which is an American yeah. classic. It's like, yeah. it is like, it is like, it's, it's full time. on Americana this weekend. <laughs> You know, if you're a middle-aged four-year-old white guy, all we need is like a as a, a really good boxing uh, match and lots of some horse racing, and you could do all that stuff and just smoke a cigar. Oh my gosh! So, uh, yeah, I love it, Nick. Thanks a lot. We'll uh, we'll I'm sure we'll be touching base with you soon. Thank you guys. Thank you very much. I appreciate all the support and the love, Louie. I'll keep uh, I'll keep sending them. You keep sharing them, and and we'll see you guys soon. Yeah, buddy. Thanks, Nick. Sounds right, good. All right, there he was, Nick Battaglia with Single Barrel Cigars, our proud sponsor. Yep. And like, it's really cool to like, especially being an entrepreneur. I mean, yeah, Megan, right. you're an entrepreneur, Louis yeah. an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. We love being able to help other entrepreneurs. And it's just, uh, For sure. that's fantastic. So, yeah, it's yeah, exciting man. what they've done in such a short amount of time, too. It's I mean, it's, uh, and, yeah. and for them to have that much attention just out of the gate for a, a horse racing pun there. It's, we'll see, you know, how quickly they, they take off. But it seems like there's a lot of interest. And thanks to our, uh, viewers and commenters that uh or listeners i should say that um are putting in some orders too because i think you guys are really gonna like it yeah and like i said it really is it is like the 
It is a very underrated weekend. Masters weekend is one of the greatest sports weekends of the year. And there, you can't like horse racing and not like Masters weekend. I think it's impossible. <laughs> Why so. isn't Father's Day in April? Like, I feel like. <laughs> it kind of is. The US right? Open. That's the U.S. Sure Open. It's on Father's be. Day. Weekend. Father's Day is U.S. Open. That's correct. <laughs> they do a good job with that, actually. Yeah. But you're yeah. not yeah. wrong there. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting so. for grilling weather, Megan. Don't take all the dad things right. away from us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need, yeah, yeah. We need that grilling weather. That's right. What is going grilled. on? Yeah. What is going on behind you in, in, inside your window? Is that, is that Kristen? Like, is she like, is that, a oh, that is my wife. Yeah. That is yeah my wife. Like, <laughs> so my parents, my parents just drove here from South Carolina on their way back to Michigan. They're staying for a couple days. And so I'm sure my wife is being the, the affable host that she always is. So, that is yeah. fantastic. So <laughs> another reason to get on Spotify and watch us uh, live. If you just want, don't want to listen. And this is a big weekend. I, I see what kind we... of sweaters my wife wears when it's yes, right. winter right. weather in April. Yes. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> she needs, uh, so just before we get going and talking about the racing from last weekend, because we got a lot to talk about, I just want to ask one question. Okay. Has the okay. 2022 Kentucky Derby winner ran in a hundred point race yet? Yes. I don't know what's happening with my computer. Uh, yeah. yeah. No. No. Okay. I got a Wait, yes. Or no? I don't know. Remember, I don't remember how much it was worth. Well, we've only had the hundred point races have been the Louisiana Derby, the UAE okay, Derby, and then these last three that we uh, just then, well when we had the you know the Florida Derby and the. I don't uh, know Arkansas Derby, Arkansas Derby, yeah, and then the uh, the Ruby, yeah. I'm really between. I'm I'm a big fan of Epicenter, um, so I kind of want to say that, but I also am really excited about Forbidden Kingdom, so I kind of want to go there. So that's why it's a good question. That's why it's a good question. Yeah, yeah, no, that's why, and I'll say yes just because you're giving me White Abario and you're giving me Epicenter, and I like both of those horses a lot. And it's it's interesting too because we're going to get into some handicapping. You know, the wood has not really been a factor. Uh, for for a while. Can you two name um, the last winner out of the wood? Actually, I had to do this on the radio this week because uh, we had Neil Greenberg on from the Washington Post on Tuesday, and uh, and he he really likes Morello this weekend, which is interesting. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and he said, but the wood hasn't been a good predictor, which I appreciated that he re- immediately went to that. Right. Two two thousand Fusaichi Pegasus. How about that? There you go. Oof. And then, uh, I mean, the Megan, Megan, were you just, just a reminder, by the way, Tacitus <laughs> won the wood. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was saying like, uh, like, I think the best recent finish was by Tacitus, frankly. Yeah. It's not, for example, by the way, that, uh, the gazelle, by the way, is a good predictor for horses that might run well in the Oaks actually. So that's different, mm-hmm. but yes, the wood has not been a good predictor for the Derby. Yeah. And then in the, the bluegrass recently has not been a good predictor for the Derby, but I mean, we might have a couple horses in the bluegrass that actually, this might be the most competitive the bluegrass takes has been in a while. I love a yeah. long shot of yeah. the bluegrass. Love okay, it. that's awesome. Yes. And then, nice. uh, you know, we're going to get the questions because Santa Anita is going to have a match race, basically. And Right, exactly. You know, how long, Megan, how long can they make the Santa Anita Derby? How long are they going to keep that a grade one at some mm. point? I don't know. <laughs> it's a reasonable it, it, question. It's it's there's a, quite a few races out there that I feel that way about that I'm like, mm, are we doing this? Are we calling this a great one? So, <laughs> by the way, it was a hundred degrees today in Arcadia. A hundred yeah. degrees tomorrow. Wow. That is going to be high eighties for this for the um, Santa Anita Derby. So, mm-hmm. in that race, they moved it up. Um, let me get that post time uh, because they. When's the last time the Santa Anita Derby wasn't part of the pick six? How about that? So they moved it to race. So six? it's 
It's, it is 245 Pacific. That is going to yeah, be so they actually, It's going to be 85 degrees in that race. It's yeah. going to be really hot. They yep. start out the card with a stakes race. And obviously that is because of the TV coverage because we have to get the West Coast races, right. you know, in a reasonable time frame for for people here um with their schedule, so. Yeah, it's yeah. the, opposite the like of race, college race yeah. 1 at <laughs> Has Santa Anita is a great two. So right. like this isn't a slow roll to the Grand States oh, no. as we build up from That's like right. Maiden Clamor. It's you know action from the very beginning. So it, it should be a huge huge day. Yeah, and there's a Claimer in the middle, but it, there's eight horses in it, so it's not like you're getting cheated out of you know right the the horses at least in that race. We'll talk about the other ones, but yeah, in that one yeah. at least you're getting get a pretty busy race right in the middle. So you got all right, Lou, you said you loved White Barrios' performance in the Florida Derby. I did. Uh, you think he's legit? So tell us what you saw there. I mean, I just do think he's a legit. I with him, you get the back to back performances, and that's with three year olds. To mm-hmm. me, when you get the consistency, you either want to see one of two things: obvious growth that's sustainable, or the back to back sort of good performances out of them ran slightly different styles the two times a little off the pace but i think that with say the longer stretch of churchill for example he can be in position with a furlong to go and be right there distance does not seem to bother him and Mm -hmm. so i that for those sorts of reasons i think he's i mean in this group he's fast enough now we haven't seen forbidden kingdom we haven't seen messier come out of the ascendant derby yet and that tends to be a pretty good predictor of speed um yeah but but at the same time of the group of horses that we've seen so far. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's certainly in the top two or three. Well, and also you got to love the fact that he's already performed pretty well at Churchill. I mean, yes, he yes, was third beaten by six lengths, but it was to smile happy classic causeway. I mean, that race was loaded with talent as well. And so, you First know, you've got two turns, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So the fact that he was able to do that and, um, Safi Joseph in his interview after the race was very emotional about, you know, how much it meant to him and everything, but also just that the horse had overcome so much to get to this point. And I actually um, texted Safi and I said, what did you mean by that when you said it? And he said that uh, the horse had a pretty bad fever um, and had to miss a couple of days of training. I think it was like two or three days of training leading up to the race. Oh, wow. and so he wasn't actually at where they wanted him to be for that. I mean, everything did not go right for him to, get to the Florida Derby. And so the fact that he was able to put in that kind of a performance with, let's say, I don't know if he was 90, 80%, whatever it was, but not a hundred percent, you know, in that he had hit every single day of his scheduled training. Um, not to say the horse wasn't healthy, but it's very rigorous, the schedule that these horses go through any athlete. Right. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool and says a lot about the horse too, that he was able to overcome that because <laughs> As we know, when you ship to Kentucky and you're in against 19 other horses against it, the longest distance you've ever gone before in the crowd and everything, there's a lot to overcome. So I love that fact that the horse showed a ton of heart on the Florida Derby day. All right. In the Arkansas Derby, we got the third choice. Cyberknife came in and won. Uh, really uh, was in the Lecomte. Didn't show very well in the Lecomte. Did an allowance race in between. Brad Cox got this horse in position to win, but I got to be honest, Megan, like I actually was kind of impressed with Secret Oath because I thought she had a terrible start. Like I, mm-hmm. she she broke terrible. She got squeezed to the back. She got pushed to, to the far outside. She had to make try to make one move that kind of got blocked off. She had to come back out, try to go make another right. move. She had to shoot her load a little too early, and then mm-hmm. she lost steam coming down the stretch. I mean, was there enough for them to see out of Secret Oath to run her against the boys, or do you think she's no. No, I think she's, she, I think that was a good, it was a very good performance for her against the boys. And yeah, she had some trouble at the start and, you know, she made that, 
maybe premature move didn't have the best trip or the cleanest trip all the way around, but I don't know that she would have won that race that day. I think she put in a really good performance and, you know, I think she, we maybe see her at a later date if it's the Preakness or if it's something else, try the boys. But um, I think she's just a, a shoe in for the Oaks at this point with that performance, if she's able to come back well from it. And the so top of the she, Oaks, the top of the Oaks field is loaded. Yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. Is, right. It's very good. So some years, and look, yeah. I mean, this is just the nature of, of the three-year-old classes. Some years, the Oaks is very good. Some years the Derby isn't. Some years they're both good. Some years it's the other. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we haven't seen the last three preps either for the Derby. Um, but, you know, it, no, I saw enough from her to know that she's going to be really good for the Oaks. I think she's going to be excellent for the Acorn, for example. Um, I think that yes. that's the kind of race that can really set up for her. That long turn, I think, at Belmont is not going to bother her. Uh, she could be really, really well set up there. I, um, you know, it's interesting. Megan and I said, hey, stay with the outside horses, the nine and the eight in that race. They're going to be the ones that, that get there and stay up. We talked about White Barrio and his, um, mm-hmm. you know, his consistency. Cyberknife, you're seeing the other kind of horse that I talked about, one that's on the improve, and it's improvement that I think we can see sustained. So I actually think he's an interesting Derby starter. Even he looks green, but I think that I, I think eventually in a month, you know, that he could be he could be a problem. Megan, you weren't yeah. impressed with the Arkansas Derby, if I remember correctly, from our text thread. Is that true? Um, no, I mean, I I really liked Cyberknife. I know that. I talked about him when we were handicapping and I thought it was a, a pretty good performance room. I thought there was a few horses that seemed very tired yes, and I seemed agree. very, I don't want to say green. It wasn't greenness. They were just really tired. <laughs> I mean, they were like weaving all over the place. Yeah. I think at, at one point, and it's too bad he's out today. Cause I wish we could pull up the replay. I, I believe Cyberknife, I think it was him shied away from the whip. He was like on sure. the, in the three path and then he went to the rail and then he went out or, or vice versa. But yeah, it just seemed like he was kind of at the end of his rope there. And when you're talking about, you know, and maybe he comes back from that and he's able to build stamina and endurance from that race. But oftentimes I feel like that's very hard to do now, at least what I will say about that is that the Arkansas Derby has been pushed back right a week from when it usually is. Right. So maybe that, is in his favor in that he now has, you know, and a week is a long time for a resource uh, as far as preparation goes. So he's got that time to recover and hopefully come back strong. All right. We, we went from the baseball speed. season. Stop the baseball season right the now. In the, lead. the Reds are in the lead and it's, it's the, might be the only time. Do you see you got a uh, compliment on the, on your hat? Yes, Mike? I did. And he's an the, actually uh-huh. Carl, the big time horse player in Washington state. So, awesome. uh, yeah, he's a Love it. big, big oh. uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We talked to Carl before, Lou. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, yeah, we got we got Carl awesome. up Thanks there about the hat. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So then let's let's get into a little bit. Did I miss one? Oh, no, I mean, bomb. just yeah. just yeah. the bomb winning. Just the bomb it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the ruby doesn't really matter. Let's let's. Just, <laughs> well, I mean, we don't go yet. It does not matter. Okay. Can I say this? I saw him there in person. Humble brag and. He is just a monster of a horse. I mean, right. he is huge. He's so dirt. scopey. He's so well muscled. I'm getting there. Um, the horse hates dirt in his face. Hates it. And I am very curious to see if Kenny's going to try to educate him through that. Like if he's going to work him behind horses or something. And so the horse can kind of learn that a little but but prior to winning the jeff ruby stakes they were like we're taking this horse to ask it 
that's right. the plan. Right. And then they won the Jeff Ruby stakes. They're like, well, we'll stop at the Derby, I guess. Here's the only scenario where Tiz the Bomb wins. Okay. He gets out in front. Gets First of all, gets a good post, number one. Okay. Got to get that through that hurdle. Gets out in front, is a million times faster than Messier (laughs) or Forbidden Kingdom or any of these other speed horses that we're talking about. Does it get any dirt in his face? Yes, he can win. And Only scenario. It doesn't where rain that from happens. right now until the Derby in Louisville. Yeah, the right? <laughs> Mike Smith ride that I was from the picture I got when the you know was was a Nyquist. Or yes, it was just fine. Just fine. Just fine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, justify. It was such a muddy Derby. Mike Smith in all white, and, and he just yeah, was totally the clean entire time, and completely clean after after the race. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a speck. Hundred percent. That yeah. is the only scenario in which his bomb wins. Now, again, he is a very talented horse. I'm a big fan. Just not on the dirt. <laughs> Unless he is just going to break a track record and going to be so fast wire to wire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, again, and and I love Turfway Park. It's not a nerf. It's not a knock on Turfway Park. I just don't no. understand that route to the Kentucky but, Derby. That's it. So, no, it's but it's not even that though. I think there are some horses that do perform okay moving from the surface at Turfway back to the dirt. It's just a certain type of horse. I don't think that you can take a horse that has shown that he just, it's not like he finished like, oh yeah, okay, that was a pretty good third or something like that when he got dirt in his face. He was, he backed up. He's like, nah, I'm out. I'm good. I don't want to do this. (laughs) So you can't have that kind of reaction to it. So I think specifically for this horse, it seems unlikely because of how he's reacted in the past. Unless, again, they fix that in the next month. All right, Louie, how's the cigar so far? Uh, I'm about halfway through at the 34 mark minute. But you started before we started the show, actually. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like 10 minutes ahead of the show, actually. Yeah, right. It's really important (laughs) to kind of judge a cigar based off the beginning, what it's like in the middle. Does it remain its consistency? Look at Louie's burn. I mean, that very consistent. It's very consistent. Haven't had to relight it anywhere. A well made cigar. That's right. Um, And so all that stuff is really kind of just key to the whole thing. And then, of course, then how it finishes and how. You know how how close Louis gonna have to go get out his roach clips and see if he can smoke the whole thing. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to uh, those are the- those are my wife's. Thank you very much. Okay, all stop right. judging. <laughs> Whatever. Jeez. All right, I know what happens, but I where use. are we starting today? That's what I wanted to know. Well, let's start with the stuff that doesn't matter. So let's go to Aqueduct, and then um, that's the best card of the day. Let's keep going. It might be the best card, but from a Derby prep standpoint. Oh, got it. Okay. I'm there. <laughs> okay. So we'll start with race five. We're going to give you uh, six races. Uh, the sequence that we'll give you, Louie, I guess is the late pick five. Yeah. Right? So I put it up here at um, Aqueduct. The last four that we're going to talk about are part of that pick five sequence. Um, or, and there's an all stakes pick five starting in race seven. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So there's also, uh, um, if people are interested, they do have the $1 Grand Slam, which is their $1 pick four. That also starts in race seven, and that goes through the Gazelle, does not include the Bay Shore at the end of the day. All right, before we go too far into these races, because these are the final 100-point races of the Derby season, do we go back to form where we expect a 100-point winner to win, to, to win the Derby? I mean, it was the rule. And then last year kind of – Oh, boy. Well, that's too much to unpack for last year. But, yes, I think yes. We didn't have either one of those horses weren't a 100-point winner, though. Right. I think there's so, a chance that Forbidden Kingdom and Messier both run huge. One of them loses and one of them gets back and wins the Derby. I actually think there's a chance at that, for example. So. Um, I 
And can we can we've had enough weird derby since John Asher passed away? Can we actually can we can we officially say that there's a John Asher curse on the, de- on the derby? Well, we just need that September weather for this May's derby. That's all we need. Be I I am so terrified it's going to rain. So here's a theory that I thought of today, actually, and I I'm going to go May, back. It's going to be a little. It's a little what? We're undercover. Why we are you undercover? We can she's not, oh, no, no, no. She's I'm not the whole day. I'm out and that, about. Okay. That, no, that's no, no, not, no. that's not my problem. I don't want to hear problem, any of that. You know? <laughs> the one time I was asked to take <laughs> better be your problem. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. So what if, so today they changed the sign 30 days out from the Kentucky Derby. So they did change the sign at Churchill Downs. It was um, cloudy, a little bit rainy at one point. Sun came out, then cloudy and windy. What if when they changed the sign at Churchill Downs, that's like our Groundhog Day. Like that's, that's the predictor that's of our the weather. Okay. Got it. Okay. I think right. I think it might be. I'm gonna go back and check <laughs> the pictures of the sign change from every year, <laughs> at least in the last like five years or so, and derby? compare to Derby Day and let you know what I find. But this is my new hypothesis. Did it rain four inches in 2018 when they changed the sign? Find out, I'm from Megan. I'm gonna look, or somebody already knows this. Just at me, because I am very curious now. I, just, <laughs> I had this. I also want to plug Lily real quick and just make sure that you're tuning in from noon to three on oh, ESPN thanks, 680 and getting some love there. And, uh, you know, they're on ESPN 680, they do this thing called uh, at the end of the week where they do this thing called the mixtape. They're still doing that, right, Louie? Yes. <laughs> yes. Our boy Nick probably dropped at least three things that would have hit the mixtape. If they 100% today. Yes. <laughs> no question about it. So Nick is single barrel cigars, you know. Talked about not being intimidated by the size, and then uh, something. There's another one at the end. I gotta go back. Feels good it. in your mouth or something. Feels yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna have to go and see if we can get uh, Grossman to cut these. And, and you are such children. Oh, oh yeah, you're laughing <laughs> too. Get out of here. Yeah. I'm not. I'm laughing That's at the you. Show. How yeah, ridiculous uh-huh. you both are, and also yeah. at Yiskin yeah. Louisville because it's such a boys' club. So, <laughs> like the fact that they even do this is hilarious to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've been on it twice i think yeah right? i know great so by the way really in case my whole experience is really fun anyone's worried about the chauvinism at espn louisville uh tune in tuesday at 1 p.m uh fun uh female thing at one o'clock on tuesday i can't really reveal too much more than that okay okay are you making, you are you making an appearance megan or i can't stay nope i'm they didn't ask okay. me all right all right well um we're going to move on to some handicap. We're going to start, like we said, in Aqueduct. Louis says it's the best card of the day. And we're going to start talking. What? With Disagree. Okay. Race five. The oh, I don't three. like Keeneland. So Keeneland probably chalk, has a better chalk, card, chalk, but chalk, like, chalk, I just chalk. don't care. Yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, listen. Keeneland yeah, and Anita's are, are the so same place yeah. for, for Louis. <laughs> I didn't say Santa Anita was, was better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like either one. All right. Uh, the grade three distaff handicap, seven furlongs on the dirt for Phillies and Mares, four year olds and up. Uh, Louis, what do you like here? Whoa, New York. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey, whoa. this guy. <laughs> whoa. I'm letting her go last. Whoa. I'm going to let her have the last word. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so this actually turned out to be a reasonably interesting race for me, at least. You either trust the class off the layoff or you go with local horse uh, who's shown good form this year. And so the classiest horses, I think, are very obvious. Search results second in the Kentucky Oaks last year. Zajel, who won the forward gal last year on the uh, Kentucky Oaks Trail going one turn. Uh, the best reason for him is glass ceiling. Comes in off of three wins since the beginning of December. A listed stakes, an optional claimer, then a grade three. Easy to bless comes in off a win in a six and a half furlong listed stakes. At Aqueduct just a couple of weeks ago, I will go ahead and take the class, and I will go ahead and go with search results. I think she's the best horse here, and I expect her to uh, show her class here. 
All right. Same. I, this is why I didn't love this card because I just felt like it was chalk. So much chalk. Uh, I agree. I think although two issues with search results, one, obviously the layout, she's been super lightly raced into June of uh, 2021. She did have one start in August, but it was not her best performance. Granted that day she was in against a, a few pretty nice horses. She had to go wide, fine, whatever. What I don't like is that that was a seven for a long distance. This is a seven for a long distance. Yep. I, she is 0 for 1 at this. If this race was a mile, I feel like I would prefer it a little bit okay. more. That being said, she is a grade one winner. And there are no other grade one winners class in one this class. field. And so, I yeah, exactly. To me, this is just a perfect example of class going class. I mean, if I had to go somewhere else, I thought I actually kind of like Zajel a little yep. bit, the three horse. Agree. Or Todd Fletcher, who's two for three, likes this distance, you know, has been in a couple of good graded stakes races. You get Joel Rosario aboard, but this horse is coming off a layoff too. So I, I really think it's between those two horses. I gave a nod to glass ceiling, but I, I just don't think that the the half a length, you know, win right. at Laurel sure. and the grade three is the same caliber as what search results and Zajel have faced. So I'm And that's where I was talk. with search results, the best jockey at New York on Saturday is Jose Ortiz. He's on search results for this race. Like these are things that add up over time and you land on search results. Well, it's interesting actually too, that Joel Rosario is in New York because there were quite a few horses that he's the regular rider on uh, running at Keeneland Keeneland, and he chose to stay here. So it's actually very interesting. I think to pay attention to his mounts throughout the day because um, yeah, he's, he's got some good ones and, and I don't know what it went into that decision, but it's, there were definitely a few times that Keelan was like, why isn't Joel on this horse? Oh, yeah, he's in New York. I think he asked Irad and, uh, and Flavian where they were going to be, and they weren't going to be in New York. <laughs> we're going to move on to race seven, which is the danger hour stakes. It's a mile on the turf, four <coughs> rolls and up. Yep. And uh, just a list of stakes here. Who do we like in the danger hour, Louie? Yeah, real quick. I, I, I mean, this is where Megan's going to say it's chalky, and I agree with her. The value proposition, the three um, is the Clement. Where there is here. no value. And, um, and then the one city man. Lots of others in this race with spotty recency. Chad Brown, Manny Franco hitting at 41% at Aqueduct. And mm-hmm. Cityman is just peppering the board and listed stakes since winning last summer in, in uh, Saratoga. So I'm I'm class on top here, uh, three and one. Maybe. Yeah, same. I think it's value proposition uh, all the way. I mean, the, the one race this horse didn't really like in recent form was the six furlong race on the turf at Aqueduct. And obviously this is a, you know, more of a seven furlong mile plus kind of a horse, mile 16th. Um, I mean, I thought about City Man too, but if you go back, the only win for this horse is a New York bred stakes race at Saratoga, where this horse barely beat Therapist in Sanctuary City, who I don't like at all in this race. So I can't go off that form and say, oh yeah, City Man's going to be the one to to really get it done. I think the horse is going to run fine. I, I think it's a definitely a top top two, top three horse, but I think this is a, a single worthy value proposition. Just move on. And I do think, for example, this is the rare case. I think value proposition is actually going to get the lead. Um, because I don't know that he's going to be able to chase anyone here. Um, it might actually be City Man that ends up out front, and so I, it might I be think those front City two. Man. Okay, I don't see okay. value proposition. He's never gone wire to wire in uh, any of the races. I'm that just I saying, see. and Chad Brown is Chad Brown is like save ground, save ground, save yeah, ground. That's true. A Chad Brown horse that's on the lead, like I don't know, there's got to be some sort of something. I mean, you just. Yeah. I would say like 10, maybe less than 10% of his horses go wire to wire like that. It's, it's all save ground. I think you see city men, especially with the rail draw 
get out right. there. And this horse has gone wire to wire. So I think that's the, the you know, okay. what Joel's going to see. Maybe so that's even Matt. better for value proposition. Well, I mean, yes. you've right. got uh, Rinaldi. Rinaldi does his best running on the front end too, the five horse in here. So to me, there there is a decent amount of, um, of speed okay. to chase. And also the weather for New York is supposed to be sunny and beautiful uh, on Saturday. So I don't think that Southern <laughs> District is going to draw in. So unfortunately the, the main track only, I, I don't, I don't believe. Uh, we'll be there, but we'll see. All right. So uh, the next one's the star of the show. I mean, again, probably because of TV to make sure that you get all these prep races on TV. Yeah. Uh, it's race eight. It's the grade two wood memorial mile and eighth on the dirt, hundred derby points on the board, you know, pretty much guaranteeing the first and second place horse are going to get in. Uh, who do we like here, Louie? So I, I do actually think this will be, and this is one of the reasons I like this card. I think the, the three favorites here are going to get into a nice, little battle here with the odd number of horses modonagal the one early voting the three morello the five morello's never gone two turns the jockeys and trainers always mess with me at aqueduct because those those stats at least because the meet ends and then like the the 100 point races start so it looks like people have never won at aqueduct before if you look real quick at the um at the past uh performances but that said i do think that morello is the most talented horse in this race um of the new york crop here should like the added distance, the son of a classic empire. But for what it's worth, I liked Mo Donegal's Remsen more than I liked early voting's Withers. So I'm five one three in the Wood Memorial. Okay, uh, I, I I like early voting in here. <clears throat> um, I think uh, it's it's pretty much between early voting and Mo Donegal. They're they're pretty close in my opinion. Yes. Um, I mean, I thought about Morello in the spot. I I really liked the way that he performed in the Gotham, but I, you know, it was just, um, I don't know. I think I think maybe the fields were just a touch better. Um, early voting and maybe Unoho. I don't know. Mo Donegal was in against White Barrio. It's a vocation. There was a few good horses there. Sure. Uh, I love the fact that he beat Zandon by a nose uh, in the Remsen, who I like later on when we talk yes. about it at Keeneland. Yep. So I think it's probably early voting or Mo, Mo Donegal. I don't know which, I really don't know which one to, uh, to go with there. I, I would say the fact that Mo Donegal has shipped and run well, um, I like. I mean, they started him out at Belmont, then he won at, at Belmont, runs at Aqueduct in the Remsen, then they ship him down to Goldstream Park. And um, I actually have to check back and see if he was training there at Goldstream or not. But I think Todd's A horses go down to Florida, you know? That sounds I think right. His B, That's true. I think his B horses stay in New York. And I think early, um, and same with Chad. And I think early voting has stayed in New York, you know, the whole time. And so I, I'm kind of, I'm taking that route and thinking, well, where'd they go? Where'd they win her, you know, to try to see which one is going to prefer it. So I don't know. I, I They're very, very close in my opinion. And I, I guess I agree with Louie in that sense and that it could be, an interesting little battle between them. Um, and then long-term is a maiden who I didn't use at all because this horse has just like serious second night of four yeah, races, right. four seconds. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. All right. Then the next race is going to, I'm going to give my little historic fact here. This is the uh, race okay. on the, the grade one Carter handicap. The Carter handicap was first run in 1895. Awesome. And it's actually named for a tugboat captain who provided what? the trophy and the most and the most money for the purse in 1895 and is uh never it's been the Carter ever since the great one Carter. Yeah, but it was fun fact, it was renamed in 1977 after Jimmy Carter. I don't I don't know if people know that. 
<laughs> I don't think that's true. Okay, now, <laughs> um, now, what makes this unique? This is the only graded stakes in North America to ever have a triple dead heat for the oh. win. So that happened in nineteen really? four. So the only go. one. The only one to have a triple dead heat to be a stakes. Uh, oh. a, a what stakes year? Thirty four. Forty four. 1944. Okay. So there you go. There's your little fun fact of the day. So we almost um, had one at UAE, like really, really. Yeah, I know. It's really close. close. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Four year olds and up here, $300,000 on the line, seven furlong sprint on the dirt. Louie, who do you like? Unfortunately, this feels a touch like a grade three to me. So I, this is where I'm going to single in the sequence, go with the eight speakers corner. Um, there's enough variables with the other entries in this race that, that I'm going to take the most consistent runner whose only loss in the last four races was going two turns. We're not doing that here in the Clark handicap. I will trust speakers corner on top the eight, um, as my single in this sequence. Megan, just want to let you know, the bases are loaded. No out <laughs> right now. What? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I follow baseball when I want to. I was raised. Bases against. loaded for the Reds. Bases loaded for the Reds. I don't care about the Reds. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, I actually I think that I'm I'm going with mind control in nice. here um, for Todd Fletcher and Joel Rosario. I think this is a distance that he absolutely loves. Mm -hmm. You know, he this is his jam. The seven furlongs. Um, he sits right off the pace. Uh, you know, he is coming off a long layoff. He's in race since September of last year, so that's a little concerning. But it's Todd Pleasure who wins at twenty two percent. I'm bringing horses back after a, a long sure. vacation, and that's with a, a pretty good size sample. So my one issue with this horse is he has not been able to win this race, <laughs> uh, and he has tried a few times and. Um, the fields have been deeper it, in the past. I mean, Mischief Alex won this yeah. last year. Vacoma won the year before. I mean, and and to be fair, um, last year as well in the Carter, he finished second. Um, but then the year before, the Carter was actually run at Belmont, right. and um, I think he prefers Aqueducts. This horse is four for six here, uh, with you know his only other like effort being yeah. yeah, exactly two second right. place efforts. So I feel like because this race is at Aqueduct here. Nice. I think he's the classiest horse. Um, <clears throat> I really like him. I like that Joe Rosario is going to stay on him there. I thought about Speaker's Corner, but, you know, this is a horse that I actually have preferred some of his longer races. I think he ran fine at a mile and the 16th, mile and an eighth. You know, he he ran at a mile last time at Goldstream Park. Um, but he is absolutely, in my opinion, at least recently, been a need-the-lead horse. And mm -hmm. I think there's some other speed in here. Okay. And that might be problematic for a horse like that. I like him. But as far as a straight win goes, I think I would probably go with mind control nice. as compared to the eight. And then green light go, you know, is one of those speed horses too, that he likes it here at aqueduct. I think you'll probably get a, a bit of a price on him. I would with the way he's been training, um, honestly, in those past couple of races. And this is a horse that early on people were really high on because he won the Saratoga special, you know, grade one as a two year old. And, and I don't know if it's going to be his day, there on Saturday, but he's definitely a horse that I would keep in mind to use underneath. All right, Megan. I'm I don't have the odds. So to be fair, I don't know what he's at. So I could be completely wrong about everything I just said. But I'm gonna let you go first on this next one because it's an Oaks prep and you know how Louie is with his Phillies. So well race 10 is the great three gazelle. This is the big Oaks prep of the day, a mile and an eighth on the dirt for three-year-old Phillies. Uh who do you like in the gazelle? I mean this is probably be one of the races that I I liked a little bit more, I guess, because I felt like there were three horses that you could really, at least three horses that you could use. So I thought this was one of the more competitive 
on the card, but um, I went with Venti Valentine um, tentatively on top there for yeah. uh, Georgia Brayu, but you know, she won last time so well in the busher, which was a prep for this, obviously. You know, we talked about, I talked about her half sister, Espresso Shot, won the busher. She has got some good experience at Aqueduct in that family. Um, you know, I think she hasn't done much wrong in her career. You know, she's a New York bred. She started off in New York bred races. She won those, but then they bumped her up to the Demoiselle at, um, uh, at Aqueduct and she finished a really good second to Ness that day. And that was impressive. So she's just been really consistent in her career. And I think she's absolutely a horse to use in here. Uh, I'm going to use her on top, but I also put classy edition right there who mm -hmm. uh, has got to show herself a little bit more. She did finish second by two legs to Kathleen No, who's obviously undefeated um, and uh, one in the Devona Dale. So I, I think she'll probably advance out of that race as compared to, you know, maybe a bounce or something. But I, I think she's got to show her stuff and win against open company for me to be super, super confident in her. And then I had the three horse, I believe nostalgic for, um, Belmont and Jose Ortiz, who won last time. Granted, it was just an allowance race. So this is a step up for that horse. They've put her in some graded stakes races. They put her on the turf. I don't know if they know what they're doing. I mean, obviously he knows what he's doing, but like if they, I don't know that they know what she wants to for do. Her, right? right. Yes. Right. Right. But uh, I don't know. Her, her numbers are competitive with some of the best in here. So I, I kind of, I took her off. I put her back on. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do uh, with her. It was like Velcro. But uh, those would be the horses that I would look at. I thought about Divine Huntress, but I think I'm probably going to stick with the, the fact that her only really, her best effort was with Lasix at Parks kind of threw me off there. So I, I think it's five, six, and maybe three. In case anyone looks at the past performances and hear, here's Megan talking about Classy Edition, who I agree that is a very much a contender here. Going against open company, she in this case, she means against not just state-bred company um, for right. this one, because obviously she won those races. It's not that she hasn't won against winners. It's just this would be open company where anyone from any background can, can run here. And also, she hasn't sure. won going out a longer distance. I mean, right. she, this no, is a true. mile and an eighth, and she won at five and a half, seven, and six. And then right. they stretched out to a mile, and she finished second. So there's some concerns with the distance, whereas Venti Valentine feels like she's just built for a route race. Yeah. And so, really? yeah, I, I literally wrote, Nest ain't here. So give me the right. five Venti Valentine. Already shown two term for uh, two. Oh, we lost nope. Louie. Nope. Louie's gone. Louie is gone. Well, at least he's, he gave us what he said, right? I mean, that seemed very single worthy. With Venti Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> going back. Hold on. You know, listen, you need to move into a better neighborhood. Right? <laughs> I mean, you could have just told us you were going to single the horse and then. You know, you don't have to hang I up. think she's she's gonna love getting <laughs> like back to drop. two turns here. The Venti Valentine, the five. I didn't know the, the, the trader Abreu. Did you? Does he go by George and not Jorge? Is that true? I feel like I've heard it, George, okay. but now I now I'm doubting myself. That's a real mix, especially uh, especially. I just go on gut most of the time because yeah, 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 I don't yeah. often I'm, just read off this. I, I was gonna say Jorge Abreu, like, no. so I'm glad you said it. No, no, I'm good. Uh, they hit it 35 percent. He and Manny Franco. In a limited sample, obviously the Silver Fox, Todd Pletcher, is going to have the six classy edition ready. His very, uh, her very best numbers are uh, his very best numbers. Pletcher's, excuse me, are horses coming in off of this type of running pattern? Some time off, a race, and then a month off, and then they run really, really well. So I'm going to go five, six here. But if, if like Megan mentioned, if I was pressed on it, I would take Benny Valentine. I think she's pretty obviously the class here. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're gonna uh, we're gonna finish it up with the Grade Three Bay Shore which is race 11, seven furlongs on the dirt, $200,000 on the line. And then, uh, Louis, could, do you have the ability to give 
a a pick five ticket or or did you have that all figured out? I have a late pick three that I really like that I'm going to play for twenty dollars. Okay, so we'll yeah. get to that after this too. So, uh, Louis, who do you like in the Bay Shore? So I'm going to try to beat the money line favorite here, uh, the morning line favorite. So if you like Morello in the Wood, why wouldn't I like um, Dean's List in this race? And so I, I'm going to I'm going to lean on Dean's List here. Was within a length at the seven for a long mark. Was overtaken before the mile. So I love this horse in this spot. Chad Brown has the six highly respected coming in out of a maiden win here at Aqueduct. That is a, a an angle that I love always and forever. Amen. And so um, that, I that hate is a that horse. Angle. I, I hate love that, that angle. angle. So much. Um, I think there's a chance that Wit and Dean's List get a bunch <laughs> of money, and I think highly respected slips to like six to one, which is a hammer at that point. So I'm only playing the five and six here, trying to be the favorite. I love Megan just as like like dogging your pick <laughs> while you're giving the pick. So Megan, and I don't even stop much. talking anymore. When she first joined the show, it would like throw me off for an hour. But now I just keep talking. So it's it's Louis, a, that's the I, worst pick ever. <laughs> what a, your angles are ridiculously terrible. Oh my god! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I haven't said it like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right, Megan, tell them how bad it was. All right. I like the so favorite. Here's- Here's where you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I I went with Wit, uh, the nine horse in here for uh, Todd Pletcher. I think, you know, Jack Christopher was just a force last year. And there is no Jack Christopher in here. And I, I mean, I, I think this is a horse that they've had high hopes for for a long time. Obviously, he's been in some pretty tough races. He's performed pretty well. Um, but the fact that we're, Jesus, there are animals that are <laughs> trying to take down my... <laughs> Any new animals animals or what? Did you give birth to anything? I mean, there is a goat that may or may not be in labor right now. And my 13 year old (laughs) dog had to go to the vet and has a cone on her head. And that's the other reason why I was running late to the show. Uh, Whatever, Megan. Thank you, Carl. We appreciate you very much for listening. (laughs) Megan's not going to survive this show. (laughs) All right. So, anyways, uh, I went 965. Yeah, I got wit. Uh, I got. I, I think this is a horse who getting back to this distance is going to be whoa, better whoa, rather whoa, than trying the whoa, mile. Whoa, what? whoa. I hate that angle. And you have highly respected second. No, no, no. I have highly respected because I feel like that race and the numbers that this particular horse won or ran rather. Person. And it's You're driven. I absolutely hate the angle made in facing winners for the first time. I do, as, as far as an person. across the board angle, you want to say that for two or three starts, you know, after the layoffs, then <laughs> fine. That's a good angle. That's a good, like, across the board works most of the time. Maiden taking a step up across the board doesn't work. Chad Brown doesn't count. He's an outlier. So, uh, and then Dean's List, who, you know, yes. has to step up against better company, but is an, is an allowance winner. So, we'll see how that goes. I think last time it was just too far. There you go. All right, Louie, let's hear your uh, single barrel cigar pick three right here. Boom. Um, so starting in race nine, I'm singling the eight, uh, which Megan disagreed with. And then I'm playing the five, six, which is one horse less than Megan would play. And then I'm playing the five, six again, which is one less horse than Megan would play. $5 base on that is 20 bucks. It's just going to so be go. such a chalky day. I mean, you, you, have to, you have to up your base wager. And I'm trying to beat chalk in one of the races not at all of them so that's why i'm playing for it, five bucks yeah yeah you have to right. you can't play this for the minimum because you're just oh, not no. going to make any money on it you have to like invest and but the good thing is is because it is pretty chalky and i mean it's still only not a whole lot of horses right. i mean the fields are not that big they're, they're, they're better than Santa Anita, but they're not that big so yeah all right Louis, let's go out to keeneland and i need to know first why do you hate keeneland and why do you hate augusta green jackets come on now it's What's the wrong? same. It's the same. 
gonna false... get you a green jacket for your I own one. So it's the same false um <laughs> I went to Michigan State. It's the same false swankiness that isn't real. It's also it's the rich person acting like being come on, let's let's your Anchorage boy talk about this. Go ahead, Anchorage boy. Oh no, 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 no. I I live very well and I don't I don't I'm not mad about it. Um there's two Louis Megan. There's Anchorage Megan. Or there's I'm sorry, there's Anchorage Louis, and then there's Louis who grew up in Detroit and was like the only white kid in his high school, Louis. Those are the two those are the two Louis. They rarely meet. It's pronounced Grand Rapids. And um but uh no, no, I uh I just I I want to go to uh the Masters someday. Um, but I don't want to pay for it. And um, Keeneland, Keeneland, I can't just smoke a cigar in my chair. And so bleep off, like just bleep off. Some old guy who didn't re- save enough for retirement is going to come by in a green jacket and say, you're sitting under the cover. You can't smoke here. And I'm going to want to punch him in the head. And that would be like a hate crime against old people or something. So yeah, I'm out. There like, are I'm like done. a lot of places you can smoke cigars. At Not in my though. chair. I want to sit in, the, sit in the chair that you, I overpaid for. You and- sound like a curmudgeon old man, like the curmudgeon okay. old man that you are making fun of right now. I want to sit in my chair. That was like spot. a couple years ago when Keith Hamill was so upset that I was smoking my cigar. Yeah, he, well, yeah, he can, yeah. yeah, he's he works for Keeneland now. The um, Does no, he really? the, of course, yeah, he wears one of the green jackets. He didn't save okay. enough for retirement, so he has to work at Keeneland. Um, no, it, uh, okay, that is such he, a um, bad take. There are so many of those guys there that do that because they want so to good, and they do it so for nice. fun, and yeah, that are amazing. Yeah. So I. I disagree with that. Really, really, we're both the painter of our They're also own, all and, and they do not belong to the horse racing happy like hour. Eight bobs. I, I don't know why you cooked. asked me. Um, I don't bet Keelan. I'm probably the only person. Um, I don't find it to be, and I, I just don't like it. I don't what's like more, it. What's more pretentious, Keelan or Saratoga? Keeneland. Oh, okay. Keeneland. All right. All right. There you go. Saratoga yeah. at least has like a long season with with patterns that you could figure out, and instead, Keeneland. Does a service, runs four and a half for a long races, like you know, I don't know, other notable traps like Assiniboia Downs, Charlestown, you know, this kind of thing. And so, um, you know, it's you know, it has its it has its place. It has its place. Um, people act like this, like this barely rolling hill with cars behind the the track. Like, I I just I don't get Keelan. I don't get it. I just don't get it. It's okay. I so disagree. All right, everyone does. It's okay. Thanks for asking. And making me a pariah. I get it. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Who's going to win the great three Commonwealth Stakes? The seven furlong great three Commonwealth Stakes. Oh, uh, you either do uh, use Nashville and walk away because a lot of people are going to do that. Uh. Or you look outside to a horse like Prevalence. Prevalence is third up. Just had a bullet workout over the Keeneland surface. Um, I don't know what the weather's actually going to look like because we're supposed to get rain tomorrow and then like it's going to snow or something at Keeneland on Saturday morning. Really of course. Early right? forecast I mean, said it was going to yeah. snow, but now they're saying it's not. Oh, good. I actually, frankly, I don't want that to happen. So um, if it's too wet, though, I say take Nashville because I, I would trust the speed on that track. Um, so 510 is my my top two in that race. I mean, yeah, I go ahead, go ahead Mike. <laughs> no, no. I'm trying to make sure my computer doesn't die. Oh, okay. oh, okay. I was wondering right. what you're doing. Um, I think the fact that Nashville already has good experience here, two for two, you know, yeah. he, he showed us his stuff and it was pretty good. He, he's got to step back up though, because he last won an allowance race. Now, granted, it seemed like a pretty easy prep for this spot. So I like that. I, I don't know what happened. If you can really chalk it up to, you know, was it just the squeeze at the break and he didn't get the lead? And so therefore he just threw in the towel for that terrible seventh place effort where he should have won. He was the favorite that day. Um, I agree on prevalence. I've been a fan of this horse for a long time. I know we've talked cool. about him on the show before. Yep. 
And uh, the fact that this is a horse that also seemingly comes out of a pretty easy prep, he won to an allowance race. I don't love the the seven for a long race. The Pat Day Mile concerned me, but Jackie's Warrior was in there and he was pretty much, you know, at his top form. But that was his only race in Kentucky and it wasn't very good. So I, I have a, a wee bit of concern for there. And then I may even play Obezos for the oh, first okay. time in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, to be fair. I have not been a fan of this horse, but I, I'm really interested in him getting back to a shorter distance. I think they kept trying to stretch him out. They kept trying to, you know, keep him on the derby trail. And I actually thought that his races at five and a half and six furlongs were pretty good. So I'm really interested to see him cut back to the seven furlongs here, a distance where he's never gone before. I think it's one of those that it, it might just meet in the middle of what mm. he's done really well. He's had some really good mile and 16th races. He's had some really good, you know, six furlong races. And I feel like this might be one of those distances that he really, really enjoys. Now, granted, he does have the 11 post, but they've got that whole shoot in the backside to get positioning. So, yes. Uh, but yeah, I, and with Irad jumping on too, it, it was very interesting to me. And again, I don't have the morning line on, so I don't I don't have any idea what this horse is. Prevalence but, um, and Obezos are both five to one. Yeah. So I think that's some pretty fair value. Where's Nashville at? Well, uh, even money. Even money. Yeah. I, I, say, like I just remember watching him at Keeneland right before we, the Breeders' Cup race. We watched him break the track record over six furlongs. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, he, it was, he was jogging at the end, too. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah. 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 As Muzzin getting into it. Really, I really hope, honestly, that he turns into a, a, like a legitimate good sprinter this year we need more older male horses running sprints i mean and so hopefully we see him on derby day for example like run running this one come back on derby day that kind of or on oaks day something like that so yeah no i'm right. rooting for the horse because we saw that six furlong we know what he's physically capable of and so hopefully he gets back to some of that form this year absolutely sure. all right then we're going to move on to the appalachian stakes uh which is a grade two it's one mile on the turf for three-year-olds uh Philly. <clears throat> so who do we like in this one go ahead megan uh, I have the three Spenderilla um, on top I there. I I think there's a couple of horses you can use, but that is the horse that I kept coming back to. She won a grade three. She's done nothing wrong in her career so far. Both her races have been at uh, Goldstream Park, but um, so she's going to try Keeneland for the first time. <clears throat> I, I think she's definitely a, a good horse to use in here. The fact that she won wire to wire, she also won from just kind of stalking off the pace a little bit. And then the four horse, Dolce Zell, for Chad Brown was interesting. I liked her performance in the Florida Oaks, but I'm a little bit tentative to really rely on that and say that that performance was good enough to win this race. Um, but I did include her as a top three. And then the seven, who is, uh, I don't even know how to say that name. Louie, you want to help out there? <laughs> I think it's all right. Alrika, I think, honestly. Okay. Let's go with yeah. that. Uh, yeah. for, for grand motion. And, um, this is an interesting one. You know, Graham has the first horse that I talked about that sits off the pace. The fact that he has two horses that have complementary styles is very interesting. Um, and we're going to see this one stretch out here, which she's done very well at six and six and a half furlongs. But you get Florent Giroux aboard, you get Graham Motion, you've got Michael Dove, Matacat Stables. It, it feels like they've maybe seen something from this filly that, you know, has told them, I think we can, even though we've done pretty well sprinting on the grass, I think we can stretch her out a little bit. So the, the move is very interesting to me. And Grand Motion was at 17% and I'm going sprinter out. And do you know who DJ Spinderella is? No. Salt and Pepper's DJ. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. It's spelled a little differently, but that's a pretty good pull out of you, though. Yeah. 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 I agree yeah. with Megan. Megan is too young. 
same uh, top two there, three and four. Um, I think uh, an agent mistake just seems to Easy. coming from coming from uh, <laughs> coming from uh, from California, but has gone a mile before. Uh, gets Rafa Bejarano here. Uh, he's been he's been running really well recently, and so I'll uh, be interested to see there. But I do think if you were playing a longer ticket, wanted to go a little more skinny, three uh, three fours will play. If it's a softer go, um, it's worth mentioning that Dolce Zell did break her maiden in France over a soft, um, a good to soft uh, sort of. Um, uh, surface at Longchamp, so uh, something to consider, I guess. Uh, but yeah, uh, three and four for me as well. I All think right. it's funny that in the form, Mario Gutierrez gets his full name, but everybody else just has the initial. Right? Every like, time, isn't that hilarious? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why does it? Why you win enough derbies? You get enough derbies in, you just get the Mario Gutierrez. I mean, Mike Smith doesn't even get his name in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, Johnny Velasquez is his name. Smith. All right, let's yeah. go on to the, the grade one Madison, which is a seven furlong race on the dirt for Phillies and Mary's four-year-olds and up. Uh, this is it begins the picks five sequence right here too, Louie. Uh, Megan, who do you like in this race? Oh, gosh, I'm such a big fan of Kamari, but this was actually probably my oh. favorite race on the card here. I agree with you, yes. Uh, I, I think it's super, super competitive. She uh, loves Keeneland. She's two for two here, one for one at this distance. She won last time at Goldstream Park. Easy prep race for this. It was an allowance event. She won by five. Nobody's going to beat her that day. Uh, you go two races back. She finished seventh, beaten by six lengths. She's running against the boys in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. Go ahead and draw a line through that. That that doesn't count. Um, other than that, you know, she her last bad effort was on the turf at Kentucky Downs, where it was just a weird day. But I think this is just a horse who's so talented at whatever it is that she does. And I love the seven furlong. She's a munning, so she can certainly sprint, um, go up to a mile, really. And this this is a perfect distance for her uh, for the seven furlong. So I love Kamari. I'm a big fan of Bell's the one, too. Um, I do awesome. think that there is enough speed in this race to close because she's absolutely a hard closer. She needs that setup. It seems like she could get that here. I just don't know that she's going to catch um, Kamari. She yeah. hasn't performed as well coming off of layoffs. I mean, she had like one race in the winning colors where she was coming off a little bit of a break and, um, you know, one at Churchill Downs. Corey Lannery has been very successful on her. He's been her regular rider. Corey's only winning at 7% right now. There are some concerns for me with that too because jockeys hit cold streaks, you know, just like us handicappers and, and everybody else. Um, so I – There was I am, a Corey uh, Lannery sighting at Golf HQ today on the east end of Louisville just in case. So there Corey you go. feeling right. okay about himself. There you go. Getting ready. No, I mean, I think Corey's a good rider. It's just right. I, when you're up against Kamari and Tyler Gaffleone, who's winning 18% right now, I'm like, ah. <laughs> it seems sure. like this is a better sure. bet. Um, and then, or at least more reliable. And then four graces too, who has a similar closing style, um, likes Keeneland, likes this distance has certainly proven herself too. Although I do think she might just be like a little step below, um, Bell's the one and Kamari, but I, I do think that those are the top three horses. Kamari and Bell's the one finished one, two in this race last year. Bell's the one yeah. finished third in this race, uh, two years ago. So it's actually yep. a third time right. for, for Bell's that, the one. That's what she does at Keeneland. She hits the board and usually wins, frankly, um, the very rare uh, closing sprinter, like Megan mentioned, she'll look like she's out of the race, and then all of a sudden the back stretch hits, and she's five yeah. six wide, and she's just and blowing again, past horses. There, there so, is yeah, no, that's right. Kamari's a speed horse. You've got Calypso's yep. a speed horse. Tid Lady Rocket's going to be comes ready. from the Wesley Ward barn. It seems like yep. it could be a good state, you know, team right there. Uh, Center Isle and Lady Rocket. Like there's there's plenty of speed for the closers in here, and I think I think that's going to be a guarantee. I, I'm I'm six five on top as well. Only note I have in here is if it gets weirdly wet, 
Club Car the Eight is my long shot wet track Madison play of the day. So Kamari also yeah. two for two on the wet. So I understand. I understand. <laughs> race two, or I'm sorry, race eight is a grade two Shaker Town, uh, which uh, is awesome because it's close to Danville. That's where Shaker Town is. Uh, five and a half furlongs on the turf, three year olds and up, $350,000 purse. Who do you like in this one, Megan? Uh, Wesley Ward double. You got Golden Pal two for two here, five for seven at the distance, front running type of a horse. I just think that this is this horse is faster than the rest of them. Uh, yes, has not raced since November of 2021. So, but this is a horse that has proven in his career. If you look back at his form, he runs really well fresh. So I don't anticipate him doing anything other than that. Um, I thought you could use the nine horse possibly uh, if you wanted to underneath. Elo de Ariana from Brazil. Um, I'm not a, 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 you know, a huge, I don't, I don't know that the Brazil form translates over to the U S uh, as often, but I like the fact that Mark Cassie ran this horse up there at Woodbine, you know, won that day. This horse has been training very fast uh, at Turfway Park. Um, so cool. I thought maybe a value play there underneath. And then the, which again, I don't have the odds, but I, I figured there would be plenty of other horses that were favored. And then I thought about the Learjet for Brennan Walsh, who, um, one at Kentucky Downs that day at about eight or nine to one and had some good international form possibly, but I, I don't see anybody beating golden pal. I thought about using just Mike, but this horse is over four here at Keeneland is also a speed horse. I think when it comes down to it, if you, if you set up golden pal and just Mike right next to each other, I just think golden pals faster and about with horse racing, that's what it's about, which horse is faster. And so I don't know that just Mike is going to be able to keep up with some of the fractions that I anticipate Golden Pal setting. Golden Pal's won five out of his last six, including two Breeders' Cup races. So uh, yeah. pretty solid right there. This horse And this horse loves, I mean, loves Keeneland. Uh, yeah, I'm Golden Pal. We can, we can do the next one. All right, yeah. there we go. <laughs> I'll be right back. Hang on, I got I to gotta get a kid. Hang on. Oh, you got a kid on the loose. Oh, yeah, kid. Kind of like, well, we're going to let Megan talk first about the Bluegrass. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, what? so... That's what they call baby go to as a kid, right? They do, yeah. And so I probably have a few waiting for me in the barn when I <laughs> there we go. I get off the show. Um, a mile and eighth here on the main track at Keeneland, a million dollar race, which is exciting. I, I talked about Zandon earlier. Grade one, by the way. Yeah, which I think is is you know is if the some of the races in California could be grade ones, I think this could be a grade one. <laughs> is how I feel about that. Um, yeah. but. You know, Zandon, I think, is is a really interesting play. Last time had a ton of trouble at the start. I just don't think that was his day. I like the fact I think he's going to come strong out, come here strong out of his last race uh, and improve, probably sit a little bit closer to the pace. That hop start at the beginning, I just think he lost all chance there. He doesn't want to come from that far out of it. And he still made a pretty good run. He made up some ground. The epicenter was in there. I Smile Happy is another horse who I'm going to talk about. I, I think certainly I have a lot of respect for him. He was in that race, so... Um, I like him curious to see what we're going to, you know, see from him, what kind of performance and if he can get back to his better form, speaking of smile happy, uh, this is a horse who won his first two races, one at Keeneland, one at Churchill Downs. And then he got hurt because they were hoping to run him, um, in some, I, I believe some of the earlier prep races, I, I can't remember, but anyways, he, um, Finished second in the Risen Star. He comes back here, and I think he's going to be a really, really big contender. He's fast. He is a good-looking horse. Son of Run Happy. And then um, Rattle and Roll, I'm just going to – that's just going to be one of those horses that I'm just going to keep betting. 
forever. Yeah, I mean, we're adding the this time. Sure. I was so impressed by his performance at uh, in the Breeders' Cup Futurity, which is right here at Keeneland. Kenny McPeak only 6% with first-time blinkers, which seems really interesting to me. This horse has not performed well in his last two graded stakes races, so I hate that. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I just – I think he really likes Keeneland. Can we say that? This is one of those horses, or the one I was talking about, that after the Breeders' Futurity, he did get hurt, and he didn't run in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Because this was the one that a lot of people, myself included, were saying, that's going to be your favorite for the juvenile. Since then, he just hasn't been the same horse. I don't know what we're going to get out of him. Um, okay, Louie, we do see Black Adder in this race who yeah. won the El Camino Royale, who you you love. Um, so who's your pick here in the Bluegrass Stakes? I landed on Zandon the four. Megan, did you mention Zandon already? Yeah. I imagine. Yeah, okay. Uh Historically, uh, fairground strippers do really well early in the spring uh, part of the Keeneland meet and super consistent works at Payson. So I'm hoping that translates up here. If I like him, obviously, I have to like the 10 smile happy. And uh, right. we all know his races exactly. and backgrounds. Cassie has a long shot here that I actually like in Volcanic the five. Broke his main, long shot. Broke his main two back at Gulfstream Park and, and then ran a really good third first time against winners and first time going two turns at Tampa. I love that recent experience. So I'm going to put him in the third spot. Volcanic, by the way, 20 to one. That's an Adam Biscuits, a special here. So I, look, I, that's obviously a bit of a shot there, but I, I like that the horse has gone the two turns now. It's going to go again. So uh, we'll see. It's a $230,000 sale at the Keelan September uh, sale there, a son of violence. And so maybe not the kind of horse that we expect to like two turns, but I'm hoping that experience at least uh, hits there. And then in the fourth spot, uh, I had Emmanuel the sixth, who ran a decent fourth in the Fountain of Youth, has a bunch of two two turn experience. Um, I, I would spread a bit if you don't love the ten and the four here, uh, because I think there's a chance then for a lot of different horses to come in. Um, but uh, yeah, I landed a four, ten, five, and six here. Can we just talk about the fact that um, Todd Pletcher has had a maiden in at Aqueduct in one of the big races? Command yeah. performance is still a maiden. Like, is Todd Pletcher the why not us Doug O'Neill of the of the East <laughs> of the of the Derby prep season? Yeah, right. Of the East. <laughs> <laughs> great. All right, uh, we're gonna move out to California. I know we're running a little long. We still got a lot of races to go, but luckily these it won't take long. Big. Yep, yeah, it won't take long at all. So. Louis, uh, we are you, your cigar lasts about an hour again, right? I mean, how went an hour. This time, yeah. They went an hour. Yeah. How did it finish? Finished really well, actually. Yeah, just Good. like the one last week. So no, very nice. So there it is. Single barrel cigars company. Look them up on Instagram. That's your best way to get to them. They just launched. Uh it's the next big thing in cigars, and we're helping them uh get out there and get in front of people. So uh mm-hmm. all right. Race one. We're gonna start the day off with a stakes race. It is the Monrovia stakes. It is a downhill turf course race, six and a half furlongs, Phillies and Mares, four year olds and up uh california girl coast to coast whatever what do you like what do you think about this <laughs> coast to coast. first of all can we can i just say how happy i am that they're have the six and a half for long down the hill turf uh-huh. races back i, I thought that right. was a yeah. terrible move to just appease pita by tim ripo uh to Take the, I mean, and also, I don't know that the five and a half furlong races are any safer with the tight turns on the grass, but whatever, it's fine. Um, so yeah, big fan, big fan of the down the hill turf course, and uh, happy to see it. I've got the five, three, and two. So the five horses, tap water for Richard Mandela, <clears throat> historically had been a, a route horse actually, and had done very well at that. But they ran this horse 
back, uh, two races back at six and a half furlongs in the Los Angeles, and she finished a really, really good second. I think she's just classy, and the fact that she was able to do that, I thought was very good. Last time, she also ran at six and a half furlongs, but she had a, a bit of a rough start that day, and so I think she's going to come back and perform really well here. The three horses, Brooke Marie for Eddie Keneally, who ships out there, and um, <clears throat> this horse had a really good last year. Um, this year is only O for... Uh, one, but I think has performed against some pretty nice horses and certainly seems to be turf sprinter. That's what she wants to do. So there's no question there. And then the two Toby's hardest five to two for Brian Lynch, who has some very good form over the past two years, um, but does a lot of like almost there runs, you know? And, and so there's, I think a little bit more finish um, from some of the other horses that I mentioned. Oh, this is as different as Megan and I have ever been on a race. Um, I think the one Alice Marble is the best, most consistent horse in this, which is not a grade two. Um, she has downhill turf experience. I think she's the best in this one. Others are going to have some more odds, but only because of the short nature of this field. Um, I, I'm going to lean on her actually. And if I were playing the early sequence, I would, I would single the one Alice Marble in this case. It's like, look at yeah. that. All right. Okay. We all know what Monrovia is. Like what's the race is named after. Yep. That's, oh, that's the town. Yeah, so there's a town next to Arcadia that is, you know, Monrovia. <laughs> okay. Yep. It's not, right. not quite, as, quite as nice as Shaker Town, but whatever. We'll let it go. Yeah, it's not. Right. It's not <laughs> nice. um, let's move on to the next uh, race two, which is the begins of the early pick four. It is the Echo Eddie Stakes. Six and a half furlongs on the dirt. Three olds for just cowbreds. Uh, who do we like in the Echo Eddie, Megan? Um, hold on. I'm texting. <laughs> Sorry. Louis, no. <laughs> No, 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 I'm ready, I'm ready. I went uh, who, who is Megan texting in the middle of the show is what I want to know. There's her, a lot happening. Um, <laughs> her husband's four. delivering a goat right now. I guarantee that's what that text I is I don't about. know. <laughs> I'm, yeah, it's been a day. Uh, the, the four smugglers run, I think, is is the likely winner in here. Um, really bad race in the baffle, but that horse had so much trouble, so I'm going to just draw a line through that. Uh, I don't love the fact that all of this versus better races have been with Lasix and will not run with Lasix here. So that's sure. not great. Uh, the three, what is what in blazes uh, for John Sadler makes some sense. And the two horse Moose Mitchell, uh, you know, Calbred horse who's performed okay is going to face um, some of the horses that he's run against before has a, a good bit of speed, but is kind of adjustable. Honestly, I felt like this was an all race. This was one of those that I, one of those sprint races on the dirt, in Southern California with a short field, it just feels like anything can happen. There's only five horses. Walter Solis, although he's only winning at 3% wins races like this, I feel like mm -hmm. it just pops up and, and wins them. Usually maybe they're not stakes races. He's well, actually that's not true. He's 12% in stakes races. So I don't know. I, I honestly think you, you hit the all button if you're playing the early sequence. Louie. Uh, we disagree again, um, and that's okay. a bad sign for me because Megan has, um, I don't know, been to this track before. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I the, the interesting thing here is the move back to the dirt um, for Smuggler's Run, right, Who's who moved wholly to the turf after being moved to the Baltus Barn, has been very good on the turf, obviously. Does have one win one time at, at the maiden level um, on the dirt. I'm going to guess that in this company, and Megan mentioned the all button, that that's good enough that the horse will make it work on the dirt here. I would single the four here smugglers run if I were playing the early sequence. So there you go. Okay. All right. We're going to move on to the Santa Anita Oaks. The, this is a Kentucky Oaks prep race mile on the 16th. There's only five horses in this field as well. 
for three-year-old Phillies, $400,000 race. Two, it's a grade two. Who do we like in the Santa Anita Oaks, Louie? Uh, Adair Manor is the five. She's the class here, and she will win. And then we will have the eternal conversation. Can a Santa Anita Oaks winner coming out of a four- or five-horse field win in the Kentucky Oaks? And that will be the conversation we have next Thursday. Could she, so ah. you think she's a legit Oaks contender? I think she wins. I think she wins for fun. I think it's like an eight, nine length kind of thing. And we have to have that conversation about does it matter or is she going to get in traffic and it's not going to matter. So, okay. Yeah. Megan. Um, I Megan's like going to hit Manor, all. But, uh, all but one. Uh, literally oh, all but there one. It is. <laughs> Don't a girl is not going to win. Yeah. I just, these short fields are really tough, man. And I, I think there's some really talented horses. I love the fact that obviously she won so impressively, both in her maiden uh, breaking score, Adair Manor, and also in the Lost uh, Virginus. But I, I mean, I'm a little biased, I guess, because we, when I was buying horses at the Keeneland Sale, uh, we really tried to get the two. <laughs> so I've been a big oh. fan of Eight Easy for a while. Oh. Really sad that we didn't take that one home. Um, but they went to 400 and that was a little out of the budget. So, uh, yeah. But I have followed her training for a while. I think she's super talented. She was coming off um, a layoff last time in the Santa Isabel. And so I am kind of curious to see if she's able to come back a bit better out of there, second start off the layoff, they've certainly put in some nice long stamina building drills for her, six furlongs, five furlongs, et cetera. Um, so I think she's going to be fit as a fiddle. Uh, the three horse under the stars for Tim Yak team, previously trained by Bob Baffert, and the four micro share owned by my racehorse. And honestly, this is a horse who is stepping up out of maiden company, integrated stakes company. So I don't like that. But I've seen her since she was a yearling working with my racehorse and she is just so physically impressive. So it would be one of those that if I was at the track and I saw her in the paddock, I'd be like, Whoa, who is that? You know? And so I already know this going in. So this makes, I almost have too much knowledge of the horses in this field to handicap it correctly. Do you know what I mean? Like I know too much. You're too jaded. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. So therefore all but one. (laughs) By the way, the list of horses who have won this race Oh, it's insane. It's awesome. It's like stupid. <laughs> older Songbird, Paradise Woods, Midnight Bee 2, Bella Fina, Swiss Skydiver. Yeah. I mean, it's Abel Tasman finished second in this race. Rags to Riches. I mean, it's like, it's, it's it, man. Stupid. It's one of the best. It yeah. really is. It's one of the best. And by the way, I think that's a great, that's yeah, a grade two. Can get we talk about here. how it's a grade two? <laughs> yeah, get out of here. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's what? a great one for sure. It's a grade one for sure. It should be a great one just based off history. It should absolutely be a great one. Yeah. It's a great predictor of future success for Phillies. For, for sure. sure. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Yep. hundred percent. All right. The The next race is the grade three Proven- Pro- Providentia stakes. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Mile and eighth on the turf for three-year-old Phillies. It's a hundred thousand dollar race. Who do we like in this one, Megan? Uh, I went with lucky girl for Richard Baltus. Um, I love her last two races. She's had a ton of trouble actually, uh, which I don't know if she kind of makes that for herself or what, but I actually think those performances don't even show you what she can do. I think she, she's even better than that. She is going to stretch out a little bit to the mile and an eighth distance, which she has not gone before, but um, she, I think is a very, very worthy horse of using in here. She also is a, a closing type. And my only concern with that is I was trying to find, uh, you know, some wire to wire speed in here. And I don't think you get that. So I'm interested to see, you know, I guess the one horse will probably go out there for Mario Gutierrez with the rail draw, but I would like 
a little bit more speed for a horse like that who tends to wait to the last second. Louis? Uh, so how Megan feels about the Oaks, I feel about this race. Um, if you were playing the sequence, there are six horses here. This is where I would punch all. Um, I think all but one of the horses is a reasonable shot to win here. I don't think the five has a reasonable shot. But uh, mm-hmm. if I didn't hit all, that be- that would mean the five would win. And so um, <laughs> I... I- to, for for just for the record, in the the claimer in the middle, I like the five and the six as part of the base ticket. With my three singles and then all in the last, it's a five dollar base on a fifty cent ticket. So I think the early pick five is playable. I worry that it's going to pay very much, not a lot. So right, right. it's that's the concern. That is the, that is the concern indeed. Yes. <laughs> so we move on to the uh, six horse field, but really only two horse field. The twenty twenty two Santa Anita Derby and. The winner of this race will join White Abario as the only undefeated three-year-old who races a two-year-old in one 100-point race. And history says that would be the winner. One, either the winner of this race or White Abario would be your Kentucky Derby winner if you follow historical trends when it comes to the Derby. Um, it is sick to think that an American Pharaoh might already have a Derby winner as a side. <laughs> I mean, I know. Sick. I know. Pretty yeah, I mean, cool, there was. I feel like there were some tweets that we saw from some people that were like calling it right now. Curlin's going to have the winner of the Kentucky Derby, and I think some of the better sires that we've seen have Derby contenders are not this time. <laughs> uh, American Pharaoh, possibly, and oh gosh, there was one the other day who was a newer. Oh, Gunrunner, right? Gunrunner, yes. I was going to say right? Gunrunner, so these, yes, like, 100%. Newer yep. sires, like, it's not the. I mean, not to say that they won't, and they still are very talented sires, whatever, but, you know, you, you've got your into mischiefs, you've got your, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll say tap it or whatever, your curlins, things like that, that have been around and are proven in these types of races. And then you've got these new shooters that are already like, oh yeah, Derby, for sure. Like, right. I mean, serious contenders. Well, there's a conversation here, Megan, you know, and of course we always talk about the greatest of all time kind of stuff. And if you, if you're judging a horse on his racing career, you definitely have to think about Secretariat. But Secretary was a terrible sire. So right. if at least not good. At, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, does American Pharaoh join just some rare company of just being a champion horse that is also just I mean, already has Breeders' Cup winners, wins on the turf and wins on the dirt. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 pretty just I, incredible. The thing to me, he was the best horse that I've seen. I mean, he is he's number one, I think, right. as far as a racehorse that I have seen. And I, I'm not surprised to see him have so much. I mean, a fast horse is a fast horse. The best is the best. And I think the fact that he's been able to, you know, throw runners on both surfaces just goes to show that it's like he just was so talented. And and the fact that that's been passed on is pretty, pretty good. It's amazing. So um, I'm going to go against Forbidden Kingdom, though, because I love Messier. I'm, I, if I'm betting names, I would be betting on Messier and betting on win the day. But win the day mm-hmm. has not gotten in there at all. But I am rooting hard for Messier. Uh, okay. Let's see who's uh, who. Do you all like in this one, Megan? Um, I am actually going to go with Forbidden Kingdom, and I was I was back and forth between the two of them for quite a while. I think they are both super talented. It's absolutely going to be you know these two horses and then everybody else. Um, it kind of came down to me for the last race for both of these horses. Uh, they both went a mile and a sixteenth. Obviously, we're not in together, but um, Forbidden Kingdom was almost you know, a little less than a second faster than Messier was at almost every point of call until the end. And I thought Forbidden Kingdom just kind of, you know, galloped out easy. He he was kind of already like not pulling up, right? But I mean, he was casually 
cruising in front. And so with two very fast horses in here, the fact that Forbidden Kingdom was able to stay in front at a pace that truly did kind of set up for closers. Granted, I don't know that there was anybody in those races that was going to be able to, to beat him. Right. But I think the same could be said for Messier. You know, Messier did beat Forbidden Kingdom at uh, Del Mar in the Bob Hope. Um, but I, I'm going to go, maybe it's me hunting for a price, but I think Forbidden Kingdom has developed into a very, very nice horse. They've also had some changes with them too. And I, I did mention that I believe when he was running in the Bob Hope, he was still uh, in that different bit. They did change to the is it a citation bit. I think I talked to Gary Mandela about it, um, but he's been really, he's been a lot more comfortable in that bit. And he's worn that for the last two races. Louis. Which I agree with Megan. I, I think it's Forbidden Kingdom on top. Messier second. Um, I, Taiba the six is one of those Bob Baffert specials where like late breaking is made in in March and then they run him in the Santa Anita Derby. I don't know if this was just to fill out the field and I don't mean to be disrespectful to the horse in any kind of way that way. Uh, son of Gunrunner though. I mean, we've seen weirder things in these smaller field prep races. So um, I don't, I'm not picking Mike Smith and Taiba to win here, but it, it wouldn't be so shocking if that horse puts in a really, really good effort. All right. So that, I mean, I, yeah. you're probably getting your derby favorite out of this race. Yeah, uh, I think so. I think that's sure. probably right. Yeah. That's yeah. Probably yeah. Right. Epicenter will be the second choice, and Weta Barrio will be third. For whatever reason, that horse is just getting disrespected left and right. So um, that's just probably what we're probably looking at if I had to go with early odds right here. And right. If, if all four horses make it to the first Saturday May, we're going to have a really great race. Yeah. So um, fingers crossed on that one. All right, so then we're going to move on to the next race, which is the Royal Heroin Stakes. Uh, it's a mile on the turf for Phillies and Mares, four-year-olds and up. Um, and I don't think they're actually talking about heroin, even though we are talking about Los Angeles, like not the drug heroin. This is like more. All like, right, all right, all right. Right. All right, I, go ahead. Are we in Orange here, County? What are we doing? Um. Uh, I, I like the line horse going global. Going global is Megan's pick just straight up. That's, that's it. Class. All right. I, like that I got bored, honestly, at this point, handicapping the card. <laughs> I, like, I eh, agree that, that that's – so five-horse field here, again, um, you either single or you spread. Glow and Global, obvious favorite. Only other horse that I want to mention here is the Four Park Avenue, who could be the one that gets out front and stays out front. And the only thing is that Glowing Global hasn't run since December, so maybe the horse just isn't fit for some reason. But, you know, we're talking about Phil D'Amato, who hits a 22% off the layoff. This is Uberto Rispoli on the grass for one of the very last times, by the way, before he gets to Keeneland uh, next week. He was he joined us on the V show this week, actually. Um, Love it. Did come, a uh, come did like over. A, he called it. He called in, did like a 15 minute interview with us. Could not have been more fun, actually. I really liked him. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I should get him on global the happy hour been, then. Oh, 100 percent. And going global, you know, has has won at, a, at the grade one level in the Del Mar Oaks thing, and then came back. Won a Del Mar over mile in the uh, the Grade Two Gold Dakota, so I agree with Megan that on top. Like I said, it's more of I really like Juan Hernandez. It feels like that this could be a case where Park Avenue inherits the lead and just keeps out front. But I do think Gold uh, Going Global is the most likely winner. All right. Well, we actually have the, we're going to end the day with the evening jewel stakes. Or did I skip one? No, yeah, that's no, it. Wrong. Yeah, um, and we got a rare thing here at at, at Santa Anita. We're talking a nine horse field. This is an actual real horse race. All right, so uh, the evening jewel stakes, and uh, it is the last race we're going to talk about is race 10 at six and a half furlongs on the dirt for three-year-old fillies, and it is a cowbred race. So who do we like in this one, Megan? 
Uh, can I tell you that I think this might be my favorite pick of the day, actually? All right. <laughs> Another day. I'm sorry. Of the card. Here Megan's Miami, pick of the card. Pick <laughs> of the card. Uh, and that is the nine. Ooh. Uh, you, your honor. This is, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but see, everything's crashing down. <laughs> Losing it. Okay. The nine horse at eight to one. Uh, three for four at this distance. Mike Smith, the board for Clifford Sice. They actually team up together, although the the current stats don't show it. They have had some very, very good horses. And um, I love the fact that this horse has some kind of a, you know, it's been almost in every other kind of thing, but has performed really well on both dirt and turf. Um, I think that she is super fast and uh, I like her a lot. The one big novel also makes a ton of sense and obviously is three to one. So people are going to like that one. She is cutting back though in distance. So she's got to get back to some of that form that we saw in October of last year. I almost prefer her, her races and her numbers routing on the turf. So it's interesting that she is also very good at doing both. And then the two is Connie Swingle, who uh, has done almost nothing wrong, but she is going to be your favorite in here at nine to five. And I don't know that her overall numbers are that much better, at least for what I look at um, to say that she's like an easy single in here. So homebrook for Nick Alexander, She's only sprinted on the on the dirt. She's had some very fast works. She is coming off a pretty long layoff, though, over 180 days. She hasn't raced in September. So it's a, just a short price for a horse that, you know, it's got to come back really strong here. I, I like, I think this is one of those where you, you use a few horses. Louis? I, um, I would use the one and the two, and my notes say, what a boring card. Oh, <laughs> that's it. Well, I think I was more bored by Aqueducts, actually. Oh, totally disagree. All right. Okay. <laughs> So we got uh we had a good show long. We still got it in under an hour and a half. Lots of races it's, to talk about. Yeah, Nick Pataglia yeah, with uh with Single Bow Cigars. We really appreciate that he came on. We appreciate having a true partner too. And uh we we look forward to seeing you next time. We'll be talking about what we'll, we'll be predicting a derby field. So let's saddle up. Or I'm sorry, let's pay the tab and get out of here. This has been <laughs> the horse racing happy hour. <laughs>